The best health care is there in ways big and small. There when we most and least expect it. We may not see it, but we feel it. It lets us know we're not in this alone. Everyone deserves a health care partner who never quits. One who's there for what matters. United Healthcare, there for what matters. It's Not Your Fault is a podcast for parents, caregivers, and young people navigating the world and its challenges. Here's your host, Brandon Jones. Greetings and welcome back to another installment of It Is Not Your Fault, a teen mental health podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Jones, and on today's episode, we are talking about teen brain development and marijuana. Teen brain development and marijuana, more specifically, THC. So it's the beginning of the year. I'm um, mapping out my year with a few things to do. Uh, one thing that I like to do uh, to kind of maintain some of my clinical skills, even though I don't practice clinically anymore, is groups and engaging with young people. So, you know, throughout the year, I usually do a series of well-being groups we call psychoeducation groups, where I talk to young people about various different topics, things that they're dealing with, self-care, uh, talk to them about forgiveness, grief, healthy relationships, self-defeating behaviors. Um, we talk about, um, you know, healthy communication skills, all these different topics to just help them think about how they're navigating the world around them to the best of their ability. And one of the things that has come up from the people who are helping me facilitate uh, these conversations is the use of marijuana. And you know, it's nothing new. They, they've had young people that they've dealt with for years who have smoked marijuana. But one thing that they're noticing is this is like it's at an all-time high, I'm assuming, <laughs> no pun intended, where they're noticing that there are so many young people that are smoking marijuana that they don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. But they want to know how does marijuana impact a young person's brain development. And what we know about brain development in young people is that the brain is not done developing until person is about 25, 26 years old. And throughout their adolescent years, this is where the synapse connection or the pruning process starts to take place in their synapse connect, uh, connections. And, and the synapses, this part of your brain is the part of your brain where your learning takes place and your brain starts this process of pruning what it feels like your, your body needs for survival. So for example, it's like puberty, you know, your body and your brain both goes through puberty during your adolescent years. So if you are a young person who may have learned several different languages when you were younger, if you are a young person who may have learned a different skill or talent, but you didn't use that skill or talent over time, there's a good chance that you would lose the ability to use that skill or talent. And that's the same thing. So that's what happens with the snap connections is that this con the, the connections, quote unquote, portion is really your ability to um, access the learnings and the memories that you've had over time. But if you don't use those things, you lose those things. So I came across an interesting article. Um, you know, me and my articles, I like to bring you all the research, bring you all the topics. And this article focused on the teen brain is especially um, susceptible to harms of THC. So the teen brain is susceptible to the harms of THC. Now, many people have heard it for years throughout my own life that marijuana has never killed anybody. It's a harmful drug. It's a gateway drug. It's something to be utilized for people's recreational use. I'm not here to say that that's right or wrong, 
But what I am here to say is when young people engage in the smoking marijuana, it can have an impact on their brain development, just like drinking alcohol, because their brains aren't quite developed just yet. Now, it is not uncommon to go to a school building before school, after school, go to a um, maybe a sports event, football, basketball, or hockey game, and smell marijuana on high school campuses. It's not unusual. It's not unusual to hear about young people getting in trouble for having, you know, weed on them or the distribution of marijuana or weed uh, on, on high school campuses. This is something that has happened and been happening for years. But apparently there's a phenomenon taking place where more kids are smoking than ever. Now, some people may say, well, this phenomenon may be due to the record, may be due to the legalization of marijuana. So now what happens when you legalize, even though it may not be legal to do it at school or do it at work or other places, people take the mentality of legalized marijuana and say, well, hey, we can smoke anywhere. It's not illegal. Let me just go ahead and do my thing. And, you know, if you don't like it, that's all well for you. But that may not be the most helpful thing. We don't want young people engaging in it. But I've seen, I mean, I've seen young people probably as young as eight years old smoking marijuana on bus stops, things of that nature. Um, and, you know, and then that brings up the question as a, an adult, you may not be related to this young person. You may not know this person. You may not be connected with them at all. What do you say? Do you tell that person to put that out? Don't do that. Do you mind your own business? It really puts you in a tough situation dynamic uh, because you'll know those people and those people, that young person could cause harm to you as well. So, but the truth is the truth. Young people are smoking marijuana, just like they are having sex and other things as well. So let's talk about the brain development of a teen and how weed can affect that. So I'm going to go straight to the article. The article says that only 35% of 12 to 17-year-olds perceive a great risk of harm from smoking marijuana once or twice a week, according to a national survey on drug use and health. So right now we're talking about the quote-unquote stigma. There isn't really a stigma. Almost 30, um, over th only 35% found that it was a great harm to smoke marijuana, which means that there were a whole lot of other people, 65% of people who thought that there was not a great harm, who decided, hey, this is not <laughs> this is not going to be problematic for me. I'm going to do my thing. Um, I'm going to live my life. And if you don't like it, oh, well. So in a segment, in a segment that some of their parents may share, parents often do not understand that the products used today are not what they knew that they were what they, when they were in high school, says Kelly Youngwolf, a licensed clinical psychologist and research scientist at Kramer at Kaiser Permanente, Northern California Division of Research in Oakland. If their children were using cannabis, parents may think it's not that bad. At least they're not using other type of drugs that are worse. So even the parents are minimizing the engagement around marijuana because it's so prevalent. They're like, hey, I'd rather my kids smoke marijuana than do fentanyl, than do opioids, to do these harder drugs that may lead to death or destruction. The article continues and says, but the cannabis produce always, uh, or sorry, the, the cannabis products available now are leaps and bounds more potent, which may increase the risk of addiction and psychosis. Then, in the past, marijuana plants have been bred to contain more Delta 9, uh, I think that says tri, 
trihydrocannabinoid (RTC) and the main psychoactive chemical. In 1995, the total percentage of THC weighed by uh, THC by weight of marijuana plants material were around four percent. Now, marijuana with THC potency is about twenty percent more that is available. Now, think about that's a five times increase versus the weed that your parents may have smoked when they were in high school. So these kids are getting a stronger strand of marijuana, and these kids are smoking, you know, joint after joint, um, you know, hitting the bong after bong, hitting that high potency of 20% multiple times a day. That's a lot. Um, so, yeah, again, it's here. It's here. What do we do with it? How is it impacting young people's mental health? These are all great questions that I think we have to dive into. So let's talk about how THC affects the adolescent brain. Or per the article, it says, as they're true for other drugs, adolescents in a specifically risky time to use cannabis, uh, the adolescent brain is still developing into the young adulthood, uh, Heard says. During this period, connections within adolescent brains are forming, getting reinforced, and are being pruned, as I talked about. If you're not using it, you're losing it. It's, your brain will start to prune off things that doesn't feel like it needs for your survival. So if you're getting high often and you're losing a lack of productivity in your life, you may forget how to do things. You may lose the ability on how to engage in things that you may have been engaged in for years due to how the THC is impacting the memory. So let's see. Your brain is trying to figure out what is important that I need to learn and what is important that I need to retain. So this process is what we call negatively affected by THC. So THC binds to one or more of the main receptors. Um, these are the receptors that fill our central nervous system. Uh, that receptor that the THC binds to is called CB1, and it's of the endocrinocannabinoid system. This complex system includes many functions of the body in uh, in the body. In the brain, the, the decannabinoid system plays a role in the organ's development and helps regulate pain, anxiety, memory, and motiv motivation, and much, much more. So we know that marijuana has an impact on the main receptors of the body, the things that are sending out those chemical and electrical signals throughout the body to make sure that our body is responding well to the environments that they're in. Once cannabis is introduced, those things kind of get rewired a little bit and kind of have some crossover. Uh, the endocrinocannabinoid system, uh, system also contributes to the structure changes that occurs as developmental teens brains mature. But THC can interfere with the system signaling during this key time and leave an important or imprint on one's brain structure. So again, the cannabinoid system can leave an imprint on the brain system. So let's say you were a heavy smoker between the ages of 15 and 17 years old. Then you stopped and you didn't engage in any marijuana smoking for years. There's still that imprint on the brain that was there. And maybe that first hit brings you to a certain place or emotion or feeling that you may not have had uh, before. So studies show in animals that they have found that exposure to THC in adolescence can reduce the C1, the CB1 receptors in the brain and leads to long-lasting problems with memory and learning loss. One of these areas of, psycho, of psychoactive 
active chemical alter alters in the prefrontal cortex, which is that front part of your brain, which uh, measures the which matures during the adolescence and is in, in um, integral to the THC. So nervous nervous nerve central nerve cells uh, preposterous that the, that connects to the other cells which were permanently cut back. This is what we call disrupting the circular circularity of the prefrontal cortex. And when that again, the circularity is those chemical signals and those electrical signals. They go from either your temporal lobes or your orbital lobe, which is in the back, or your proprietal lobe, which is on the top. They're sending signals to the front, the cortex, this front part of your brain, so you can have reasoning, so you can make logical decisions, and you're not just being emotionally responding. But what happens when you smoke a lot of weed and your brain is developing? that those chemicals aren't sent to that part of the brain. That's why you see a lot of young people who smoke a lot of weed, they just forget things a lot, or they forget how to function, how to do things, things slip their minds. It's because there's blood, there, the, the THC and the marijuana is blocking their ability to even make those decisions clearly, which might scare some people. So I don't want to scare too many people. I don't want people to think that every young person's on weed, but it does play a role in your brain development and your ability to make decisions. So I might come back to this. I might do another part two on this. I think this is important for us to understand. I just wanted to cover a small portion of it as for to, uh, today's podcast. But we'll, we'll return. We'll return back to this. I'll say maybe the next episode or two to really deep dive again into how cannabis plays a role into the young person's mental health. One of the roles we didn't talk about is the socialization uh, process and peer pressure and things of that nature. Those things also take a toll and play a role in the usage of marijuana from young people. All right, I've been blabbling and blabbling and blabbling on a, on a, a podcast here enough. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. If you want to check out this article or more, I'm going to post it on our Facebook group. Go ahead and search uh, It Is Not Your Fault podcast in a Facebook search. You pull us up. Go ahead and like that page where you can get articles that like that I pull up and you know utilize here for the podcast, articles that I write myself, and previous episodes. So be sure to check us out on Facebook. There's also two other places you can check us out. The first one is my own personal website. That is jegna.org. That's jegna.org, jegna.org. You can check me out, send me questions. Uh, and then the other space where you can check me out is shalettamakesmelaugh.com. That is shalettamakesmelaugh.com, where you can see myself and a whole gang or crew of awesome podcasters, all focused on the well-being of people. So you can learn, you can have some fun, you can get some laughs, and hopefully you can get some constructive information to impact your life. And hopefully this podcast has somewhat of an impact. We appreciate you. We'll like to see you again on the next episode. I am Brandon Jones. Take care of yourself. Be well, be safe, be healthy. Peace. To check out previous episodes of It's Not Your Fault or to learn more about Brandon Jones, Log on to SheLetterMakesMeLaugh.com. It's important to make sure your children have their COVID-19 vaccines. And here's why. The risk to them is higher. In fact, kids who are under two years of age and get COVID-19 are hospitalized at the same rate as people who are between the ages of 65 and 75 years old. The updated vaccines are approved by the FDA for children starting at the age of six months. Have questions? 
Talk to your child's pediatrician or trusted health care provider and ask for their professional advice. Take the steps to stay healthy in the new year. Resolve to make sure that you and your entire family are fully vaccinated in 2024. Unleash the power of smile for your team. Delta Dental of Minnesota offers coverage to fit your unique small business, leading to a better benefit package and a happier team. Visit deltadentalmn.org forward slash small business. It's not just another day in your life. Things are changing for the better. At Comcast, we see those changes and we're thinking about how we use technology today to live, work, learn, and play. And we're building for the future now, so we're better prepared for the wants and needs of tomorrow. That's why Comcast is rolling out multi-gig internet speeds to more than 50 million homes and businesses before the end of 2025, making our already industry-leading network even faster smarter, greener, and more reliable. Over the decades, Comcast has been your partner, working hard to serve your community, and will continue to be your partner. We're expanding our gigabits, so you can enjoy the tiny bits that matter most. You know Shaletta makes you laugh, but did you know Shaletta Brundage can also make you think and boost your business? Media personality, activist, and comedian Shaletta Brundage founded Shaletta Makes Me Laugh to celebrate and share the best of black culture. It's a podcasting platform. You can download 10 weekly podcasts hosted by African-American subject experts at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com is also a production house creating broadcast quality commercial content. And Shaletta and her team of storytellers create powerful promotional campaigns to get businesses the brand awareness they're looking for. Some of Minnesota's top businesses trust Shaletta, and you can too. Get out the word about your events and products and get in front of communities of color with ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. She's got the power to help your business. Are you a woman known as a good listener? Do you have skills in de-escalating situations? Are you what they call a people person? Then the Minneapolis Police Department would like to meet you. Now in a rebuilding phase, the Minneapolis Police Department is recruiting more women to wear the badge. The department offers career options for women with a high school diploma or GED. There are also opportunities for women with two and four year degrees who are ready to apply their skills in new ways. Police work makes a great second career for social workers, teachers, nurses. Women in their 30s and 40s are welcome to apply. There's no age cap. You'll be paid while you train and mentored by veteran women officers invested in your success. Minneapolis also welcomes current police officers to join the state's largest department. Make a difference on the streets, working in your community, in a career with competitive salaries and generous benefits. Go to MinneapolisMN.gov and search police jobs to find out more. 